On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. You know, giving a hat or a toy or whatever with your logo on it's hard copy communication to the employee. They know that stuff normally only goes to the clients. Businesses waste a lot of time and money because of unrealistic expectations about what can and cannot be accomplished. We'll talk about how to fix that. The stress of 2020 has affected many of us and that can affect business and productivity. And we'll tell you about a company which places customers very high in their workforce culture. This is the Iowa Business Report for the final weekend of September 2020. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry has been the voice of Iowa business since 1903. Learn more online at iowaabi.org. Here is Jeff Stein. You may have never heard of unobtainium. Well, granted, it is a made-up word, but it embodies a concept that was a huge success in business for Bill Higgs, author of Culture Code Champions, Seven Steps to Scale and Succeed in Your Business. Well, I think when... uh... You talk about businesses, it all comes down to communication. All problems are communication problems. And what I've found generally happens is you've got silos in the organization and the people don't know how the data that they transmit to another silo is actually used or what's needed. So they're doing it in their silo the way they think it's the best. But when it comes into the next silo, they might actually have to redo it in order to use it. So one of the things that's happened like in this pandemic, the first thing that goes down when the economy goes down, I've been through a lot of big downturns in the oil patch. The first thing that disappears is silos (laughs) because everybody's in the soup together and uh, they got to figure out how to hold hands and get through it. And so what happens is your communication gets better. You get a little bit better cross training and you can, What I say, what you want to do is get things right the first time. You can't do that when you have the silos and the breaks in the communication. People are hesitant to go up, even to coworkers, but certainly to superiors often to ask a question. And that's really a mistake because it's much worse to guess what the manager wants and guess wrong than to simply ask. And that's probably made worse by all of this working from home where you have to go through a few more hoops in order to talk to the person who could answer your question. And you're also concerned with your own job security. So you're afraid to ask the question because it might make it look like you're not as technically or as qualified as you should be for the job. But that's where communication is a two-way street. And right now, the leaders know more about their employees than they ever have. They know their family situation, their kids, where they live. And so I think it's actually more open to ask those questions. But you're right. If you don't ask, you can spend a week on a task, hand it over, and it gets kicked back and you're back to square one. And now you're losing schedule. It's a lot of dollars that you're losing. For an engineering firm, we went from zero to a billion dollars in 15 years. And we attribute it all to squeezing those handoffs so that we had the people talking at both sides of a handoff. 
so that it was delivered on time. It was delivered in a format the other person could use. It. It's sort of like uh, in a relay race where you're handing off the baton. If that person's not ready for it, then it sits there for a week or two. And what we found is there's 30% schedule, 30% cost lost in handoffs. So we built our whole firm on squeezing those handoffs and getting it right the first time. It's a big differentiator. Is it a matter that people are so focused on what they do that they can't conceive of what the other person does, or they just make the assumption that the other person must know completely what I'm talking about, ignoring that we all have these silos you mentioned? (laughs) We invented this term, and, and it comes from an engineer needed to do a pump for a tough application. So engineer took longer than normal to get the specification written and threw it over into purchasing. Purchasing went out for bids with it. Takes longer than normal to get the bids back in. Purchasing comes back to engineering and said, this pump that you want us to buy, it's made out of unobtainium. So this is like some new material. It's unobtainium. You cannot find this pump in the world. And I about fell out of my chair when I heard this term. But we started using that term, unobtainium, and looking for it in the organization. Where does somebody do something and then has to redo it? That was unobtainium. So what happened in that case, that engineer knew this was a tough pump application. They could have gotten with purchasing and said, bring in three vendors and let's figure out what this pump should look like. So when I specify it and you bid it, they can actually bid on it and it's something that'll work. Could have solved three months of wasted time and energy with a short conversation, but we call it unobtainium. So it's a rare earth metal, but it's like rampant in all organizations. And if you can have a fun term that people are looking for, then they'll start saying, hey, I'm going to hand this off to this other person. Let me go talk to them and say, this is how I normally do it. Is that what you need before you start working? And then that person knows you're going to deliver it, knows you're going to deliver it on a certain day, knows it's going to come ready for them to work on. And it just starts to change the whole complexion in your company. And you become like a bigger team instead of all these siloed organizations. And to your point, if you can have a fun way to refer to something, it disarms or diffuses the situation so no one feels like they're being picked on or targeted. It's part of your company's culture that you can sort of laugh it off and get to where you need to be. Like you say, a person could come to the other person and say, I think I might be creating an obtainium over here. And they immediately knew what they were talking about. Sure. And that, hey, if we solve this now, it's going to help both of us. So exactly correct. It's a disarming phrase that opens the communication channel. Does it help to have employees consciously know how other aspects of the operation work? You're going to be better at your job if you understand theirs. Is that helpful in this sort of uh, climate? Yeah, so that's that's the cross-training that we used to do. There are a number of ways to do it. You can do lunch and learns where like a vendor will come in, supply sandwiches, and like you could get two or three different groups in there. Even though the vendor is talking to one group, the other two that are related can be in there and learn more about how, say, electrical thinks about something. But you could have the automation people and the instrumentation people in there hearing couple of things happen with a lunch and learn now they get to know people in those other silos and so if they have a problem and they're electrical and it's a problem that's going to need an automation 
resource or help. They know somebody they can call in automation because they were in that lunch and learn together. But exactly right. If you can put people into related business sectors for a little bit and they won't be a top dog there, they'll be mid-level maybe, but they're going to learn and then they come back to their normal area and they're a top dog, but their communication is going to be better across those silos or those boundaries. When an organization either has multiple branches or offices that aren't in the same location, or now more commonly, half the people are at home three days a week or five days a week, and the other half may be spread out among other places, you really have to consciously make the effort to connect. So on the whole, are we succeeding at that, or are we still harming ourselves by failing to make communication especially in this age of, as they call it, work from home. I've seen and heard of a lot of great stories. One of the things that we tried to do part of our culture was to create memories and put smiles on people's faces. And if every day you can be trying to do something on a memory or a smile, then you can start to win the hearts and the minds of your people. And then we did things like we'd put our logo on toys and whatever. Well, we would also hand those out as skating parties to the kids or we'd mail them to the house. And what we were trying to do there was now the family's making a memory, smiling. They've got this weird toy that climbs up glass windows and it's got our logo on it. And they're talking about the company. Well, now I'm I'm getting the hearts and the minds of the family at the house. Now it makes it a lot easier for that employee if they need to work some extra time or whatever. The family knows that, wow. A person's enjoying that company and they support them a lot better. What's happening now, especially with the remote working, is the family is a support mechanism. So if you can do some of these things where you start to win the hearts and the minds of the family, like uh, I know people have created like virtual cookbooks where they'll have a picture of the family and this is a recipe that came down from grandma and they'll all be around or helping make it and they'll have that picture and they'll do this virtual cookbook. But you're starting to bring people together, even though you're apart, and it's it's building a team mentality. So I was an airborne ranger. In the Rangers, you were the best of the best. Everybody wanted to join your organization. What you want to do in your company is create that team mentality where everybody on the outside goes, man, they're the best. I want to get in that company. That changes your hiring process. <laughs> now you get to have, you get to pick from who's trying to get in, and you can be a much better company by the people you're bringing in. Bill Higgs, author of Culture Code Champions. More at culturecodechampions.com, including information about his new Culture Code Champions podcast. Still to come, increased stress leads to decreased employer productivity and mental health. And you'll hear about one small business owner who wanted to create a purposeful business culture. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Increasingly, businesses are paying close attention to the mental health and well-being of their employees, not just because they care about their fellow humans, but because it is a key component to a successful business. 
Tom Ekus is executive director of the Blackhawk Grundy Mental Health Center, who recently spoke to a regional business group on the subject and shared some thoughts with Tim Harwood of Iowa Business Report affiliate KXEL. What we know is that mental health does not discriminate. It affects young people, old people, people of different races, and statistically, one in four Americans have a mental illness of some kind. So it's our family members, it's our coworkers, it's our extended support system. Mental health is out there, and it's important that we know about it because there's still a great deal of stigma associated with mental health, and there's a number of people in the United States struggling that shouldn't have to struggle because they aren't getting the treatment they need. The biggest mental health problem in America statistically is anxiety disorders, and there's multiple diagnoses, but we see a number of people who are depressed. The last statistic I saw is that depression uh, costs our economy upwards of $200 billion a year through lost productivity. People that can't come to work because of of mental health symptoms, uh, people who have conflicts at work and and, uh, inadvertently lose their job because of undiagnosed or untreated mental health conditions. So it does have a huge impact on the workplace and the relationships that people have with each other in workplaces. Everybody's life since, uh, what, early February in the United States has been disrupted uh, uh, to an immense degree. Uh, People with pre-existing mental health conditions are seeing an increase in their symptoms. People who never had any mental health uh, symptoms or conditions or problems are are starting to see the impact of stress, uh, the, the social isolation, the inability to deal with the grief associated with people who do end up hospitalized or dying because we can't go to funeral homes, we can't go to funerals, we can't visit people in hospitals. So it's created a whole new wave of of mental health conditions that we're just starting to see the tip of the iceberg. The longer this goes on, the more concerned we are that people through isolation and an inability to connect with other people like they used to are are experiencing the negative impacts of, of isolation. Exercise, doing things that maybe you haven't done before. I'm not saying you should go out and start running marathons, but getting involved in things. Find new hobbies. Uh, eating healthier, which is very difficult when we're all stuck at home. We tend to uh, graze, and, and most of us have gained weight during the pandemic. Um, reaching out to people. It's amazing uh, the way that employees and, and, and businesses and organizations have stepped up from uh, people getting involved in, in making masks and donating PPE and, and volunteering to the extent that they can because you can't do a lot of volunteer work anymore, but people delivering meals and, and buying food for healthcare workers and delivering flowers. I think employees and, and, and coworkers have also stepped up to rise the challenge to help each other. Uh, at our health system, we had nurses coming in from Fort Dodge and, and Dubuque to help us during our surge, and now when they have their uh, COVID surges. So you've seen, a, as teamwork is, is hugely important, most organizations, I think it's risen to a new level. And people have stepped up in ways that they might have not been comfortable with in the past to, to respond to the pressures that are there. Tom Ekus, Executive Director of the Blackhawk Grundy Mental Health Center. Coming up, placing the interests of customers and employees first. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. 
The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, helping develop the next generation of business leaders through Leadership Iowa, Business Horizons, and Leadership Iowa University. To learn more, go to iowaabi.org. In this week's business profile, I'll introduce you to Scott DeMuth of ServePro of Blackhawk County. I first met him earlier this month in connection with his company being named a business of character in the Cedar Valley, part of the Character Counts initiative. And as we talked, it occurred to me that the guiding principles of his business have led to personal and professional success. SurPro itself is a customer service-based business, and so that is a priority that we have set out in training our employees and our staff in handling every job that we go into. The idea is to basically treat every customer as if it's your own grandmother or mother or parents. That is a regular discussed conversation that we have as a group and that we want to go into every job that we do with the utmost respect and take everything that they have and be very respectful towards the situation and really listen to the client at that time with their needs so we recognize their needs so then that way through the duration we're handling everything and we're just following through the process explaining to them what we're doing so they truly understand what we're doing and the other big thing that we discuss about as a group is when we walk up to a customer's home or business we have five minutes to gain that respect is my opinion you have five minutes and within those first five minutes if you go in and listen introduce yourself listen and respectful that whole job's going to go smooth because you gain that trust the first five minutes. And if you go in sloppy, rude, up front, you might as well walk away. So that's, that's what I push my staff to do on a regular basis, and I challenge them with that all the time. And a couple of things you said there were of great interest. One, go in as if it's your mom, your grandma, mm-hmm. because it's somebody's mom, it's Correct. somebody's grandma, yep. so that just makes perfect sense. Yep. And your group also, because... As I understand the business, there may be times that I ask you to come to clean my business Mm -hmm. just for maintenance. Correct. But often, you're going because they've just suffered in some way. Mm -hmm. Something unexpected has happened, a flood, a broken pipe, whatever. So they are at a really vulnerable time when they meet you. Correct. And so we we go and we have to listen, especially people when they have a fire loss in their home, where their lives are completely flipped upside down. So we really got to sit there and listen to them. I mean, I've been the first one in all the times on fires and you go over, here's how the whole flow is going to go. And honestly, a lot of times it's the husbands standing there asking questions, the wives are crying. And so you really have to cater to them both and both of their needs and stand there and listen and just take it in and then just explain and say, hey, it's going to be okay. Let's let us just get in. Let me get my team here and let we'll start working through the process and work with you hand in hand. It can be a challenge sometimes, but it's also, it's a lot of fun because it's self-rewarding because you get to really assist these people in their time of need. Our job is more than cleaning up fires and water. Our staff are there to put people's lives back, to help them in their biggest time of need in an unforeseen event. And how gratifying to walk in when things are at their worst. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done and you, in essence, turn the house or the business back to the owner I trust sometimes it's far better than what they could have hoped for. 
that is the best part of it. And the upfront, I always say through all of this process, you're going to go through every single emotion. I'll warn them. I'll say, listen, there's going to be one moment. You're going to give me a hug. We're going to sit here. We'll laugh. You're going to be mad at me for some reason. I'm not going to know it's all going to happen. And then by the time it's all said and done, we got you put back together. Here's how everything went, you know, and it's a very self-rewarding because again, you get to take the pictures afterwards and say, here's, we went from point A to point B in this duration of time. And you really get to know people in a whole different level. At some point, you said, I'd like to own my own business, and Correct. here's an opportunity to pick up the legacy of what someone had established. Yep. What is it about being a small business owner that appeals to you? I, it's being able to be my own boss and control. I want to be able to control my movements and not have somebody overlooking it. And my drive is my family and my kids. So I didn't want to be set at a job where if my kids had a recital or a doctor's appointment or something, I didn't want to have somebody say, no, you can't go. I only get one chance. So by me able to enjoy the industry I was in, and I got tired of kind of running everybody else's, it pushed me into wanting to buy it. And so I take my motivation to being able to work hard for my family. And I've also taken that, pass that down to my staff. They all know if their kid's first day of school, if they're not there with their first day of kids on that day, I'm going to be upset with them. You need to be there. You know, um, I have a manager who's expecting a baby in the next month. You better be at every single doctor's appointment with your wife. It's That's just kind of, I wanted to pass that along to everybody. From my past experiences where I did not get that, I wanted to pass it on to somebody else so they didn't have a few things that happened to me to them. And so that's that's why I push for it. And that's why I really enjoy having our own business. And it's it's ours and I can help control that. And again, I don't miss my kids' events. Scott DeMuth of ServePro of Blackhawk County. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Apple, and Google. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is presented with support from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. Follow ABI on Twitter at IowaABI and online at iowaabi.org.